power parables. So for youth over the term, we've been looking at this concept of power parables and parables are the stories of Jesus. So Jesus would often, when he taught, uh, and so like when we talk about God, we as Christians, we believe in the Trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Son is who we know is Jesus. That's why we have Easter every year because we as Christians believe that Jesus came, died on the cross, rose again, again. And so that's what we as Christians believe in. We believe in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We believe in Jesus. And so when Jesus would preach and teach, he would often use stories. And so we have been looking at the stories that Jesus tells to try and understand what we can learn from those stories in our lives today in 2024. Right? So today's story is in the book of Luke chapter 11. So if you've got a Bible um, or if you're looking at Erica's Bible Project notes, we're going to go to the book of Luke chapter 11. The book of Luke chapter 11, and today's parable is the friend at night. If you've got a friend nearby, you want to give him a high five? Friend at night. A friend at night. Luke chapter 11. So before we read that, this, this scripture, this story of Jesus took me back to my childhood. Now, I don't know what movies and TV shows that you watch when you're a child, but when I was growing up, there was this story called, or a movie called Toy Story, right? And in Toy Story, toys came alive. And that background in my head did not let me uh, live the best life. So, um, so, at, so I'm, there's going to be a picture of a wolf, right? A wolf there, right? So when I was a kid, there was these levels of maturity that I would go into before that I had this picture of a wolf that I wanted up on my, in my bedroom. And so picture you guys, that's my bed, right? And then so where I'd put my head to sleep, on the wall, right directly in front of my bed, I would have this picture of a wolf on the wall. And then if we go to the next screen, it was more like this, like it was one of these art ones where it had like a painted border and it had like the Arctic wolf, but it was in portrait shape, not square. So if we go back to the last picture, so picture there was a wolf like that with a black border saying Arctic wolf on it, right? I grew up and so that, when I got to this stage of life, I thought, you know what, yes, I'm old enough, I'm big enough, I'm mature enough, the wolf can go back up on the wall and I will, I will be able to, I'll be able to handle it. But then what happens, midnight comes around, I wake up in the middle of the night, so if we want to close our eyes, pretend that we're asleep in my bedroom, if you were me, so you sleep, eyes shut, Desmond, and then you open your eyes, oh wait, 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 close your eyes, go, we'll sleep again, we're going to sleep again. Now you open your eyes and you've got that haunting thing about to jump out the wall and attack me at the middle of the night, and so what I'd do is yell out, Mom, Dad, help! Get it away from me. I would be freaking out. My over-imagination as a child that this wolf was going to come out and eat me. And I, I wasn't yet mature enough to handle the wolf on the wall. And so, but now it's all right, guys. I can sleep with the wolf on the wall. I don't get freaked out by seeing it at night. But it's interesting because at night in the dark, it changes as a child the way I perceive things. In the daylight, the, the nice happy picture was, was delightful. But then at darkness of night, it changed what I saw and it freaked me out. And so Jesus tells a story, though, of a friend at night, at the midnight hour. So for me, at the midnight hour growing up, I was freaked out by the picture on the wall. And Jesus tells a story in Luke chapter 11 about a friend at night. So we're going to start at verse 5 and we'll read to verse 8. 
It says this, Then teaching them more about prayer. So this is, in some Bibles, it's red letters here because it's Jesus' words where it has the, uh, you know, the 66 at the start there. Here, see, right here. So in some Bibles, it's red because it's Jesus' words. It says, Then teaching them more about prayer, he used this story in red letters. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. You say to him, A friend of mine has just arrived for a visit and I have nothing for him to eat. And suppose he calls out from his bedroom, Don't bother me. The door is locked for the night. And my family and I are all in bed. I can't help you. But I tell you this, though he won't do it for friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. Why don't we close our eyes one more time and we're just going to pray. Holy Spirit, we ask that you'd speak to us. What, what in this story of Jesus do you want us to learn? We want our ears to be open, our eyes to be open to hear and see what you're wanting to teach us and uh, uh, give us that we can leave this place tonight uh, hearing your voice more clearly, knowing your will more clearly, that we can live a life that pleases you and that sees the world around us better because we've been active in the, the call and the will for you in our lives. Amen. Amen. So before we, we go further, this interesting word here, prayer. Well, what is prayer? So prayer is simply talking to God. Wow. So now, talk, what's talking? Well, I talk to people all the time. So I can talk to Bella face to face, person to person. I can talk to Desmond via text message. I could talk to Chloe via video chat. I can talk to people, you know, there's so many different ways we can talk. I could write you a letter, send it in the post, and I could talk to you via letters. I could talk to you uh, by phone call, FaceTime, text message, email, post letters. All of these ways, as humans, we communicate with each other, correct? Direct message, all these things. But then with God, it's similar. We can talk to God with our mouth. We can say, God, I'm talking to you with my mouth. We can talk to God by speaking in our heavenly language. Sometimes we refer to that as speaking in tongues. We can speak to God by journaling. We get like what Eric is doing. We can write our prayers down. We can speak to God through the thoughts in our head. God can hear the thoughts in our head. There's so many different ways we can communicate with God. And so then... So then, okay, so that's what prayer is. Prayer is our communication with God. And then, for some reason, Jesus tells a story about a friend at the midnight hour. At the dark of night, a friend rocks up in the house and wants to start talking. Now, I don't know about you, but most people at midnight are sleeping. Unless you're a gamer, or unless you're uh, watching the Soccer World Cup, or you're just nocturnal, at 12 o'clock, generally speaking, you're in bed asleep. And, but not this guy. This guy had a friend turn up at his house and he, in, that, in the culture of Jesus' day, when you had people rock up to your house, the aim was to be hospitable. What's being hospitable means, hey, I got some Oreos. Let's have some food. Let's, let's connect. And so the guy was like, well, this is not good. My friend has arrived and I've got no food to be hospitable. I'm in a problem. So he goes, well, I know. I got a friend who can help me out with my need of no bread. And so then the light bulb goes and he goes, I'm going to go down to my friend's house and I'm going to ask him for bread 
instead. And so it's interesting, right, for me, I've never had a friend rock up at my house at midnight saying, yo, yo, Josh, do me a solid, give me a favour. They never do. Now, in this day and age, though, people may text me at midnight saying, hey, Josh, help me out. Hey, Josh, I need a favour. But sorry to them, I turn my phone off at night. So if you need me, if you need me in an emergency, I am not your friend to call. Call someone else. But you see, so then this guy goes, all right, I'm going to go to my friend's house. And it's like, surprise, surprise. Uh, Josh is here. Uh, and then like the guy in the house like, do you, do you know what time it is? Get away. Well, well, sorry, look, I got a friend over. I need your help. No, so, okay, okay. Like, uh, hello. <laughs> I, I know you're there. I heard you speaking. Uh, what are you doing? Leave me alone. Get away. My, everyone's asleep. Uh, and it's like, well, I had a mate pop around. I need your help. Still no, no action. Again, it's like an alarm that won't turn off. Help me out. I need, I need help. And then the guy's like, get lost. Leave us alone. Well, I need, I need some bread. I need some food. Still nothing. I know you're not asleep. Like, I, I heard you moving around. And then the guy's like, gets up and gets the dude some bread because he's just like, I need, to, I need to get my sleep. I'll get you the bread and get you out of my hair. And it's interesting, like my parents have this dog called Malibu. And I think Malibu has read this scripture too many times because I hear stories of people going to my parents' house and they'll be guests and they wanted to go to sleep and this dog called Malibu goes, like starts whimpering out their door saying, let me in, let me in. I want to have a sleep in the adult bed, the human bed. And it's like, no Malibu. Don't leave us alone. But Malibu's persistence, depending on the person, they'll let her in and, and she gets in to the bed, which is weird. But that all being, that all being said about this dog Malibu is that it's interesting where you go, well, what on earth does this guy knocking on the door, wanting bread, how, or how does this relate to prayer? But it's interesting, when we, if we now to go to verse um, 1 to 11, if we look at the context, we go backwards to understand a bit more. So it says there, once Jesus was in a certain place praying. So he's just chatting to God, chatting to the Father as he does. And as he finished, so the, the disciple here was quite, was quite reasonable because he waited for Jesus to finish. And then he says, hey, uh, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples to pray. Then it goes through the Lord's Prayer. This is like a, a pattern of how we, could, we should address our conversation with God. So, Father, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. Give us each day the food we need and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us and don't let us yield to temptation, which is a, which is a very great way and pattern for us to pray. But it's interesting here, it doesn't, See how it says here, Lord, teach us to pray. Now, often we might read that as, Lord, teach us how to pray. But he doesn't, he's not saying, Jesus, teach us how to pray. He's asking, Jesus, teach us to pray, which is an interesting thing that we've got to look at that. And so Jesus isn't teaching us how, he's teaching us why. What is the purpose of prayer? And so then that is why then we saw the story that we've just read about the friend at midnight, the friend at night coming to pray. So, um, so what, what does that look like? So, well, so prayer is not a formula. 
but prayer is a priority. And so it's not about how we pray, but it's about why we pray. And so in the story, ultimately, there's a person has a problem. And I don't know about you, but if you haven't had this happen yet, it's going to happen to us in the future that uh, in life, the unexpected happens. So there's this guy at his house with no bread. Then unexpectedly, a friend comes over at midnight and now he's got a problem. I've got a friend, but no food. And so for you, uh, you might have a problem. You go, I've got a problem here. How do I deal with this? And so the problem was hospitality or the lack thereof, but the solution to the problem was bread. And so the friend had a friend. And the friend of the friend had bread. And so if you have a problem and your friend has the solution, you go to them, correct? Even if it's midnight, at an unpractical, unfriendly hour, you go to them because they have the solution to what you need. And what Jesus is trying to tell us here is that God is close like a friend. He is close like a neighbour. And so he is near, he is present for every issue that we face. And so prayer isn't shopping, because so prayer is just going, God, I need this. God, I want that. God, help me do this. But prayer is going to a friend. And so, Lord, I want to be a good friend, but I don't have what I need to be a good friend. Help me. So it's talking to God in relationship because he's near, not just going, well, here's my divine shopping list. Help me out, Lord. And so friends are great, I believe. So what can you do with friends? Hang out, beat them in cup stacking, like their, their YouTube videos, play games, chat, right? There's so many things we can do with friends, but a real friend brings favour. So we can, we can have friends and we can go lose the girls in uh, the town tour. We, we can have friends and do these, these things, eat KFC together, but a real friend brings favour. They don't just hang out with you, yeah. they bring favour. So a real friend is someone that you can say, hey, Jemima, do me a solid, I need a favour. That is what a real friend does, right? Proverbs 17, 17 and 20 verse 6 says this, A friend is always loyal and a brother is born to help in a time of need. That's what a friend does. A friend's not just someone that is, oh, hey, good chat. No, a friend's there when you need help, they're going to help you. Many will say that they are loyal friends, but who can find one who is truly reliable? So it's easy for us to say, oh, yeah, I'll help you out. Yeah, yeah. Then when you need the help, they're like, oh, you know, sorry, this came up. But so a real friend is someone that will give favour to you in your moment of need. And so friends are great, but I want a friend with favour. But when we talk to God, uh, we know that God can bring favour to our situation. That's why we pray to him, because he's the close one that we go, he does it where we go, oh God, you know, this is really weighing on me. This has really been a hard time. But we go to God because he can bring favour and help me in my time of need. That's why we go to God. So prayer takes faith, which is a shameless persistence that goes, you know what, I believe that God, you can favour me in my circumstance. And so it's not convenient having to pray at midnight. It's not convenient having to go to God and say, but it takes boldness and it takes a risk to say, God, I believe, just like that man randomly goes to his friend's house, it took boldness and it took a risk to say, you know what, I'm going to go get my solution that's what we go to God with and it takes an element of faith to believe for that with God and then I'm going to read you a prayer in 1 Chronicles chapter 4 
9 to 10. So there's a guy called Jabez. There was a man named Jabez who was more honourable than any of his brothers. And I encourage you to read 1 Chronicles chapter 4 because it just lists all these people and it's just randomness. But then it says this about Jabez. Uh, he was more honourable than any of his brothers. His mother named him Jabez because his birth had been so painful. Yikes. He was the one who prayed to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and expand my territory. Please be with me in all that I do and keep me from all trouble and pain. And God granted his request. But why did that happen? Why did Jabez pray that prayer? Because he knew God was close. He knew God was near. He said, I have an issue. I just cause nothing but pain. But I'm going to add some faith and belief that God isn't just good, but he can do me a favour and cause my life to expand and be a blessing. Then in Genesis chapter 24, um, verses 15 to 45, it's a crazy story. So uh, today people use dating apps and other things to meet people. In this day, there's this, the dad says to his servant, hey servant, can you go over to the country over here and get my son a wife? So a lot of people like to pick their own spouses. Back in in this story, this father called Abraham wants a wife for his son and sends a servant out to go and get his his son a wife. And it's crazy. Then this servant is like, what am I going to do? I've got to try and get a a wife for my master's son. So what does he do? He prays. He goes, God... I need you to do this. I need you to do a miracle here because this is the most ridiculous task I've ever been sent out to do. And then, at the in, because in, in verse fifteen it, it recounts that then in verse forty-five he retells the story and he goes as um, as soon before I had even finished praying, the woman that I'd just been praying about was there in front of me. And it's so crazy that this guy is in a situation praying to God and God had already uh, brought the solution to the guy's prayer. But I believe that we can live lives like that. Well, we can be so close to God that we can be praying things and God's going, you know what, I've already set you the answer in head ahead and before you. And then it's interesting, in Ephesians 3.20, I'm going to read that one to us, Ephesians 3.20. Uh Uh-oh, it's been stolen from my Bible. Uh, There we go. Ephesians 3.20 says this, Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than what we might ask or think. And that's what's crazy. So we can, we can think, man, this is the most boldest, extreme thing we could ever pray for. Yet God's like, no, I can do beyond anything you can imagine, anything that you can ask. I am bigger and able to do that in your life, which I love that. God is so much bigger than anything that we can even perceive as, as, as normal. But faith lets us tap into that and receive that afresh. Hebrews chapter 11 is a chapter of faith that says, this person did this by faith. This person did that by faith. And then why? Because they believed God was bigger and was able to do something in their life. In James 5.15, it talks about the prayer of faith. When we pray and tap into the the realm of God and say, God, we're believing for more than what we can just imagine and we're going to see you move in our lives. In Philippians 4.6, it says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. So what do we do in situations? We go, God, we're not going to worry about my lack of bread. We're not going to worry about this unexpected 
problem. We're going to believe that you can bring a solution to us in our time of need that for the, the bread for hospitality or whatever need we face, you are able to, we're not going to live in worry and fear. We're going to trust you that you can bring the solution for our need. And to close in, chapter 11, again, of Luke 9 to 13 says this. And so I tell you, keep on asking and you receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and everyone who knocks, the door will be open. You, you fathers... If your children ask for fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, (laughs) do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And so ultimately then, when we read that, we understand the story that Jesus is telling about the friend at night. What he's saying is, we are going to come up with unexpected situations in life, problems that we didn't see around the corner at the midnight hour, but there is a gift for us, the Holy Spirit, that we say, Holy Spirit, I need your help here. We're at school and someone's getting bullied and we go, how do I deal with this unexpected bully situation? We go, Holy Spirit, come and help me. Holy Spirit, I need you. Holy Spirit, I need you. Holy Spirit, come through. We got to seek. You go to a, you go to work, and there's like, what am I doing in this situation? It's freaking me out. We come to to prayer and say, Holy Spirit, give me what I need in this situation. Holy Spirit, give me what I need in this. So for any unexpected situation we find, we got to believe that we can ask and call on the Holy Spirit because that's the gift that the Father in heaven wants to give us. That we have what we need to make a difference and to be able to. Not to see our lives filled with problems, but we have to find the solutions for the problems because Holy Spirit can empower us to live that kind of way. So we're going to pray. So I want to encourage you to close your eyes one more time. And we're just going to believe that God can fill us afresh. So can you, why don't you position yourselves, even if your arms out or something like that, in a, in a posture to receive from heaven. Lord, right now, we just thank you that, that, Father, that you will send us a gift of the Holy Spirit, that we can be empowered by a, a, a power greater than this world. But ultimately, Lord, we know that Spirit, you're not just, the Holy Spirit's not just a, a power, but you, you're a being that wants to infill us and, and help us live our lives the best we can. And we don't want to live with worry, fear, anxiety, depression. So right now, we just pray for peace, for boldness, for courage, and ultimately, and a filling of your spirit that we can live life that when the midnight hour comes, when the unexpected issue comes, that we can put our, our worries, our fears onto you and believe that, Holy Spirit, you can come into those areas and give us the wisdom, give us the strategy, give us the strength, to be able to see those issues rectified and be able to see uh, the miraculous power of God at work in our lives because you are near, you, you are close, just like a neighbour is close to, a, to us uh, geographically, you're close to us spiritually. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.